All right, I am recording. Not streaming. Not streaming. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. You're in review. Ba da ba. Ba da ba. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Beauty and the Beast Year in Review, a discussion into the last year of Beauty and the Beast. And always, if you like what we do, like, subscribe, uh, join the conversation in the comments or at our Discord. My name is Drew, and of course, joining me is Dev. Hey. <laughs> so, a year of Beardy and the Beast. Yeah. yeah it's been it's pretty packed. <laughs> pretty packed. And the time just kind of flew as far as... Like, I, I didn't think we were coming up on it so quickly. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's surprising, actually. I didn't realize it either until, you know, we're talking about, oh, yeah, you're in review. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I, yeah, it seems like yesterday I was, I was going on and, like, trying to encourage you to find new hobbies. Yeah. Which then led into like a vague uh, suggestion of doing this very thing, which then went, we should totally just do that thing. Yeah. And we did that thing. Yeah. And we even expanded a little bit from what we thought, like with the second wall and mm -hmm. adding that in was awesome. And um, hopefully the filler arc. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> that is a thing or will be a thing. Yeah, it, it depends. <laughs> um, uh, it's funny how much it changed from what our original concept was. Like just the list of movies that we had. Like we oh, originally yeah. thought of doing this as like just ripping on terrible films and such. Yeah, like a mystery science theater, but post slash podcast sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and we figured we didn't want to have all crap, so that's why we started off with Silent Hill. Because people thought it was crap, and they were like, nah, nah, I think I like doing this instead. Well, I mean, it, starting off with Silent Hill, like, it, didn't, it didn't help that our original list was just movies we were going to use to torture each other with. Yeah. Like, 80% of those movies have been removed and replaced with <laughs> mostly... Like, what I assume will be good stuff or stuff that I've enjoyed in the past. Um, I mean, there's, there's a, a, a couple movies that uh, I am not looking forward to, but we'll end up watching. Yeah, there's definitely a few of those. Uh, I mean, one is because, you know... It's a movie that people say is good, even though, and heck, we say is good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, that movie. Okay, okay. <laughs> we just can't stand it. <laughs> um, it's a good movie, but I hate it. Yep. <laughs> um, well, it's some... kind of, it's, it's, I mean, that's kind of like Requiem, though. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's a great movie. I must watch for everyone, but I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny i was actually at a party and that conversation came up <laughs> i was like no no everyone should watch this movie once 
<laughs> it's totally one of the best movies ever made, but only watch it once. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that movie good. nearly broke me. <laughs> it's so good and so bad. <laughs> well, no, like, that brings me like emotional and bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that brings me to my first question that I have for you. All right. Um, throughout this, we we have gotten quite a series of different genres, different tones, different feels for everything that we've done as far as our reviews. Yeah. Is there anything that you came uh, across during this that was either like unexpectedly good or just unexpectedly bad? Oh, I know you're 20 through <laughs> which one immediately comes to mind is unexpectedly bad. Um, <laughs> or are we, uh, are we talking about the second silent tale again? <laughs> oh, obviously, um, <laughs> you know, just a film that had all of the right pieces, but it did not go together at all. Um, <laughs> of course being little hours, um, and everything about that film looked like it, on paper, looked fantastic. That was probably the hardest movie that I watched. <laughs> well, I, I realized after that, like after after we had discovered that being like the primary definition of it, having everything and missing the mark. Yeah. Um, the fact that it had everything that would be great on paper, but still, like, failed to impress in the ways that it did. Mm-hmm. It's totally understandable when you realize that, like, even though it was a small thing, with that cast, you would have expected it to have at least heard hear about it. Yeah. But you didn't. Yeah. Uh, that's very true. Um, yeah, because I hadn't heard of it until you showed me a trailer of it just before. Well, I mean, and like, the trailer, the trailer has all the best parts. It really does. <laughs> uh, I think the movie that... Uh, ended up being really good that I went in with pseudo low expectations of was underwater. Oh yeah. I actually, what's, what's the best way to describe this? I, I really enjoyed underwater far more than I thought I would after the first 10 minutes. Cause if you yeah. remember, I didn't even look at a trailer. Yeah. You were just like, this is a newer movie. Let's do it. And I'm like, I'm going in hundred percent blind. Yeah. Like I didn't even know, uh, what's her face? Uh, good actress. Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Um, I didn't even know she was in it. Yeah. Until I was, and then when I saw her, I was like, my prejudices came up and then halfway through the movie, I'm like, you know what? This is, I mean, I'm not saying it's top notch movie, but it definitely impressed me beyond what my impressions were. Yeah. Yeah. And like I had a little bit of foreknowledge of it. A few of the people that I watch on YouTube, um, I saw some people calling it a complete clone of like Alien and mm. others going like, you don't know what you're talking about. There's actually some really good character work and such in here. Um, so I had kind of that mixed review around it. And um, at the time, they were both kind of reviewers that I trusted. So. I didn't know what to expect when well, I had. 
It's always nice that, to be like come out of it pleat. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's a shame that that movie, you know, came out. Basically, the timing of that movie just didn't help it in any way, shape, or form. But I I could see that one becoming a cult classic in the long run. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Unfortunately, like if they do a sequel, it'll be terrible. Oh, of course. <laughs> but I think for me, the one that fell short was probably Earwig. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of a natural thing. Like we we haven't I haven't I mean, people who have listened to our podcast and whole kind of kind of have inklings about my problems with uh, studio ghibli movies um i'm gonna save most of it for rants when we watch one i don't like <laughs> no I, I think i've done most of my rants but i felt like earwig was gonna have potential because it was new and it was fresh but then just something about it it's like a, a, a movie where nothing happens oh that is that's very true um and it's not not even in the like the good seinfeld way you know yeah oh you said it it had all of the miyazaki charm but none of the uh, miyazaki substance yeah <laughs> like uh i think that title suits that film perfectly like i don't think that one hit me as like the major disappointing one because i i went into that film with even just concerns was like uh the jump to computer animation uh i mean you still hold kind of uh, hold hope like i i may not like ghibli yeah. movies but at least their character stuff is usually really good and mm-hmm. like so much of that was missing here yeah yeah well, I, and in in such ways where there were where it wouldn't have taken much to fix it <laughs> <laughs> like like the threads were there and they just never followed them. Uh, and, you know, considering the amount of Ghibli films we've watched, like, regardless of your take on them, like, most of them we would just go, it's a lot easier to go, you know, this is good. This is why Miyazaki is known for for what he is, outside of personal opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like we come across, uh, I think my, one of my top, top movies that we watched that I haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, cause the, I mean, the movies that I put on the list that I've, I have seen are mostly to impress or like have a tone. To like yeah. Ruko Izumi is missing is probably one of my all time top movies. Mm-hmm. Again, another one that I think everyone should watch. Yes. And I think it's one of those ones where everyone takes something different from it. Mm-hmm. But the one that impressed me the most coming out of it was another Ghibli, which was the Tale of Princess Kaguya. Mm. And that's, I mean, that's probably one of my top movies now, like at least top 20. Oh, yeah. It, everything about that film was just spot on. Like, it just getting had that timeless feel, the animation. I mean, and the jumps of animation when the tone suited it. Yeah, uh, like again that that um, <clears throat> question that dream sequence when she's running out from the mm. from her gaming party. It's just like 
just amazing. Like I could just watch that scene again and again. <laughs> it's just so well done. It's almost like there should be a anime music video about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make it... me up inside. <laughs> me up inside. <laughs> I can't remember. Save me song. from the dark. <laughs> Pretty sure I saw them live once. So. Well, it's Evanescence, right? Yeah, it's Evanescence. You think I saw them? Man, Evanescence, or Amy Lee is touring with Hailstorm a lot, and I just want them to come to Canada. Because <laughs> that'd be an amazing concert. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to talk about music a little bit later. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Definitely excited for when live shows come back. Yeah. The, uh, so the podcast in many ways, the podcast is really easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is something that you and I used to do um, back in the day. Anyways, we'd go see a movie and then we'd like hang out outside, uh, with a coffee or a smoke or what have you. And we yep. would just talk about the movie in the, in the same ways that we're doing now, generally um, probably a bit more cursing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I would say that's probably one of the easiest things that we do, but I'm kind of thinking like, is there anything that you encountered over the last year that you found hard or like, difficult in a sense versus something that was unexpectedly easy. Hmm. You know, the thing that I found, um, we changed this up after, after a bit, the part that I found surprisingly difficult was writing our intros. Mm, I remember, especially for the media club ones, like the second wall ones, uh, just because of the, the bit of formatting that we do differently between the shows. Mm -hmm. Those ones are pretty simple, but like just trying to come up with that right pun or what's the right spoiler to to give our spoiler warning with was um, sometimes, sometimes difficult. (laughs) Well, I guess to, to give some background uh, to any of our listeners, um, if you, if you've listened to all our content, like originally it started with Devin and I, alternating the intros and the outros and then at a point it just randomly went to drew does media club and devin does the second wall Mm. and it was because of this fact that like devin was having a problem with like this weird precedence that i had set with the puns and the spoiler that's not a spoiler but it is a spoiler um and like the whole structure of the intro where that comes to me naturally most of the time. That's why my brain, my, the way my brain works. Yeah. Um, well, and it was such a great idea that I didn't want to break it. Like, come on. How many places give you your spoiler warning by spoiling some major event in the film? <laughs> well, <laughs> but I like about it. Like people, people of course don't see this because this is uh primarily audio but half the time when i'm introing these devin is just laughing and like he's either muted because of it or like he's peeking so it's cutting out yeah <laughs> the um 
No, it, well, it also worked for a good separation of the two series, though. To yeah. have you as the like primary host. I, I mean, we're both co-hosts or whatever, but you as the primary on Second Wall, uh, with a completely different structure of intro and feel to the media club. It gives yeah. them separate identities. So yeah. eventually, like if we if we grow bigger, we can move the second wall onto its own channel, mm-hmm. and then maybe even its own podcasting thing. I'm unsure about that because of the technology. Yeah, but having those separate identities really helps. Yeah, and it's just it's nice to know what you're listening to, right? It's we get we can get intense and deep into a lot of the the media club stuff because it's that idea of having the having a book club. Yeah. It's it's the idea of everyone's watched this. We all have ideas of what our talking points are going to be. And the conversations spring from there. And just having that separation of the water cooler conversation. Mm-hmm. It feels different. Like we even edit them slightly differently because yeah, yeah. it has that feel. Um the second wall tends to be a lot more raw yeah that's yeah i definitely wouldn't say like the first word that came to mind me for me was loose and then i went no that's not right raw is the the like the editing style is different like i i struggled because i I was helping out a little bit recently and i was struggling with the editing because i didn't want the second wall to lose its feel Mm -hmm. because i'm very like i go into some of the um media clubs with a scalpel Mm -hmm. like Let's just say the little hours was nearly unlistenable until like Dr. Drew came around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. <laughs> you know what? And like, I, don't, I really don't mind the editing. What, yeah. And I actually found the editing fun. Like when we started out, um, like if you, if you even seemed like you were delayed on the editing, I would just steal it from you. Yeah, because I was really enjoying it. But as soon as we started dealing with SEO, yeah, like I can no longer like, you know, watch a let's play while editing, or mm-hmm. like do other other tasks that I would normally do while editing. I actually have to pay attention because I got to deal with SEO and like what we're talking about and timestamps. So now it's actually like a a time sync, which I I don't dislike. Yeah. It's just a whole lot harder than it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fair, but I mean, I think it's worth it. It's like, it, it's little things. Like we, when we started out, we didn't really think of, okay, well, what are we putting in the, in the video descriptions? And, you know, are we referencing, like when we reference other videos, should we be linking to them? It just didn't enter my mind. And, and just having that point's like, oh, Maybe we should try this and see if it helps with the searches. <laughs> and it does. And it does. Um, like we saw a change almost immediately. Uh, so, so it's worth it. And it's fun. One thing I do find with that, because you're right, it is a bit more work. But it's really fun going through and going, it's like, oh, and that's going to be the title of the, of the episode. Mm-hmm. Or... Oh, and here's just that one random thing that out of context is just hilarious and hiding that, hiding those couple of Easter eggs within our, our lists. We're just like making fun of each other. Yeah. Like I, I make fun of, 
I, I do most of the editing of the media club, except when I need help. Yeah. And you, you do most of the editing on the second one, unless you need help. Yeah. And like, I find myself because I want it to be balanced, like making fun of my, myself in, in the yeah. descriptions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it's, it's funny. And I, you know, I, one thing that'd be nice to be seeing um, people commenting on those hidden, those hidden jokes within the, yeah, I, in the descriptions, because I'm waiting for it. Well, I'm excited to like have a community and um, memery and merch. Yeah, it, these things would be really interesting. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, for my birthday, he got our uh, black and white. Um, avatars printed on a like a hoodie for me nice i'm like that's a, that's a super cool gift i'm never gonna wear it because wearing your own face on a piece of clothing is like super cornball <laughs> but like I, I could frame it yeah like if i had an office i'd probably have it framed yeah um and i like i still have visions of that in my head like having the podcast really take off and me having an office and having like all my books lined up behind me with all my notes from the movies, maybe yeah. like a little, I mean, it'd be ghetto, but like a ghetto theater for the watching and stuff. Yeah. Which, That's one thing I'm looking forward to actually is, uh, is I'm pretty close to retiring this notebook. I'm really looking forward to going and buying my next notebook for <laughs> dude. It's, and it's tough. I was in, um, a store recently that sells books mm -hmm. and they had almost nothing. Wow. Yeah. Just because of, I guess like, I mean, I live on an Island and two major highways were out and there's production shortages. Like it was domino stacked up against it, but uh, like, I'm very particular. Like I want a medium sized book, not a, not a full size, not a small size. I yeah. want um, a hardback. Yeah. So it doesn't bend and I can hold it in a hand and I need it to have a ring with yeah. uh, pre perforated for tearing pages. Mm. Like, yeah, it can't be flashy. Yeah. That's a dude. Yeah. Well, that's, you know what, you know what, you know what one that I, I want to, I want to go and get the ones from Carolyn Tuesday. <laughs> it doesn't have the ring, but it's got against that hard, yep. hard book. She's writing all her songs in. Mm hmm. Yeah. Something like that. Like that's I'm I'm pretty particular. Yeah. One of the things that has gotten really easy is like when we started out, it was pages and pages of notes. Mm -hmm. Uh like remembering things and points that we wanted to bring up. And now what used to be like three or four pages for me is like a page and a half and that includes writing like the intro yeah uh, just because we i think we've got it down to a system yes um yeah a lot of the times when i write write notes like um there's a couple where you know i definitely go a lot of pages in but it's more because it's not writing notes in the same way that it was when we first started mm -hmm. like three pages when we did uh silent hill way back was it's because we didn't know how we were going to play off each other or mm -hmm. 
how all the pieces were going to connect, what talking points we'd actually be talking about. Um, you know, we moved that down to to some of the other ones like uh, Bell, because I'm not going to say that <laughs> Japanese name. <laughs> mess that up. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> this this is certainly something that keeps getting more and more difficult. The fact that like I keep having having to pronounce foreign names like Ryu to Sobakasu no Hime. <laughs> and I mean like the the little hours uh when I when I tried to say the, or, the original title of that the that it was based off of that book and then the original author's name. I like I almost had a stroke. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, I just say like Die Hard, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, with, with like the notes there, it was very few, uh, like surprisingly. And again, pretty deep movie. Conversation was just as long. Uh, but we didn't need it in the same way. So it really became more a quick note of, you know music design just becomes a note because it's something I know I want to talk about mm-hmm. as opposed to having to write down what in the music design. Well, exactly. And I think this is what's changed for me is it's gone closer to the post movie talks of old mm-hmm. where um, like before there was just so much preparation. There was yeah. far too much just like wanting to cram in various talking points as far as uh like i want to talk about this and i want to talk about this and i want to talk about this like there's so many times now we'll like finish it in a day later we go oh i wanted to talk about this but i didn't yeah um it's just making making a mental note most of the time when i write something down these days it's because someone says something very specific that i think i'm gonna want to quote later mm-hmm. um or something that i think is very important like a prediction yeah or a joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's actually what a lot of my a lot of my notes have become. Is that it's more that it's more I'm writing it down because it's like I think this might be foreshadowing something. Hmm. I want to see if that I want to see if that actually comes through or um, you know, again, just some major character moment that you know absolutely needs to be there. Well, exactly. And one thing, or actually two things, that we've super improved on. Uh, filler words. Uh, we were so bad. Well, re- like, I, I still say like a lot, but mm. nowhere near as bad as I used to. You've, you've cut out far more filler than I have. Still struggling with like. So that's one thing that we've really improved on. Like, there's a few other vocal things that we could work on, but I'm not worried about it. Yeah. And the other is not getting carried away, giving the other person space to talk. Because there's a few times before where you, in the little hours, or me, I think, possibly nobody, um, where we'd start talking and, we're, and then we'd go, and then this, and then this, and then this, and this, and not giving the other person space to interject. Yeah. And like after the little hours, like we both made note of it and it's like, we should avoid doing that in the future. Um, and I think, uh, originally we, we had like a hand signal 
would just be like slow down yeah and then now we we got it in order where it's like okay i'm gonna say a point and i'm gonna express it and then i'm gonna leave on the only thing i think we need to work on now to be fully open about it because it's going on a recording is uh we both need to once once we made a point and then say the other person disagrees and then like say you restate then we need to move on um yeah i guess it depends on the situation yeah uh, uh i do think sometimes we can sometimes we can get stuck but it's one thing that we've said with the recording as well is the conversation is going to take as long as it needs to mm-hmm. that's why our episode lengths vary you know we, we have some as short as half an hour and some as long as what i think our longest one's like what an hour 40 or something like that yeah well i think that's silent hill and it's unedited technically mm-hmm. i did actually um i did go back and start editing it to re-release it in an edited form and then i just gave up because it was so long <laughs> uh, yeah that's fair uh, i mean we, we've got that very length because if there's stuff that needs to talk about we don't want to cut it short well that's um, it it's interesting that the For the most part, like the range for the media club is within a certain thing. I think like 47 minutes to like uh, hour 20 is probably yeah. like our most solid window. Most things coming in at like 58 to hour 10. Yeah. Um, and that's, I like that, like not being pressured by the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, except for when I want to get into the after party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is kind of brings us to another thing. All right. Uh, the future. Hmm. So I mentioned I mentioned the after party because originally, like, we we kind of want to at least do some type of live thing. Yes. A live discussion, including our community, maybe answering questions or having like a Q&A or have them like prompt us with topics which we would talk about. But the after party is one of them. After we do our recordings, we play video games usually. Um, yeah. So sometimes they might be tipsy games, sometimes they may not be. But uh I'd like to see something like that at least kind of in the near future. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely something that I wanted to do, you know, as we're starting to build a bit more of a community i mean having the discord now uh just even that alone makes it a little bit easier uh, we kind of had something going with it because we were doing premieres originally mm. um unfortunately timing just made that difficult but it was really neat even though it was only a few people just having that bit of conversation uh you know one of our viewers like Oh, this is inspiring me to draw something. <laughs> I, Which was super cool. That was like awesome. the occasionally being able to see a piece of art afterwards was really cool. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed the premieres, but like the the time sync when you have like a full time job and hobbies and I do like social sports and like you stream. Yeah. And it's tough. Yeah. Um Overall, I 
I think our release schedule right now is probably like as perfect as we can get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, I know we played with the idea when we did um well, when I came out for the Fogal Film Festival, mm. we'd actually talked about let's go to a movie because, you know, we're in the same city mm-hmm. <laughs> and in doing a live one, but uh the logistics of that didn't quite work out. Um, we even played with the idea of doing that for Resident Evil because it just came out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think it's something that we will get to. I think because that's a future idea that I like. I like the idea of going, it's like, okay, here's the new release. We let all our viewers know we are watching this movie Saturday at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. We will be here Saturday at 5 p.m. <laughs> Yeah, join the conversation, <laughs> like, uh, and just a complete live reaction. It's... Feel like a bat be live. Yeah, it's just it's it's something that's so appealing. Is I mean, as much as I like conversing with you, my friend, um, <laughs> involving the community would be a super nice too. Especially, like, I'll get random messages from people I know. Just either like laughing about the jokes that we've made during the cast. Um, what was one of them? Uh, oh, what's a Star Wars? Yeah. You're like, I don't know, something, something space wizards. <laughs> uh, so like just getting random things like that or like commentary of like, you know. Like I totally reacted the same way to Requiem. Little... I mean, like, I wish it was comments on the thing instead of direct, because, I mean, you know, the algs. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's just, it's, re- it's really nice to, like, know people are listening and yeah. that pe- people are liking our stuff. To, to the fact where um, I got both insanely positive reviews and insanely negative reviews of the who framed cast because it had such a different tone. Yeah. Like there's a couple of people we both know <laughs> that were like, Oh, that was awesome. We want that. Uh, we want Ashley again. And there was a couple of people who were like, no, I want the straight conversation. It's like, it was too jokey. I'm like, well, I mean like I want Ashley on as much as possible because she's a great guest. Oh That's yeah. It. And I love guesting on hers too. <laughs> <laughs> Very different conversations on hers. <laughs> um, and, um, the one yeah. comment that I get from people is um, one of my, one of the people I know that watches us. Um, he's noticed that I tend to be like the female character in a lot of the posters. That's not true. It's pretty 50, 50. Yeah. Um, but I think there was like a string that we had where we we're like back to back. I mean, which is which is it was just funny. It's just like, what's going on here? <laughs> no, I mean, I, the the first four media clubs, I was the lady. Is it the first four? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. technically, well, I mean, you were also the first one. We both were. <laughs> yeah, and same same with the fourth one. Yeah. No, I think I think it's pretty fifty fifty. I I I do too. I think it's something that 
the ones that he really liked just happened to have <laughs> that be the case. Because I, I think it was like a string, a string back to back. Because it was like Requiem, and then the Losers, and then Underwater, and then uh, Mononoke, then Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Well, I mean, Who Framed though, like. <laughs> Not bad. You're just drawn that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and I, I, I really like, especially with your magnificent beard right now. Yeah. Just like the the juxtaposition of like a super feminine form, like um, you would see on the actresses of these movies that we've watched, which is like this giant beard. Yeah. Um. <laughs> which the reason why I got you to get up our Instagram. All right. Let's talk clickbait. All right. Um, so the clickbait these these are my love childs, children. <laughs> it's 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 just like Wu Tang. It's for the children. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I I generally do these with like the biggest dumbest grin on, grin on my face because they just like. They're either super bad or super great. And mm. I was the I'd like to know what are your top three? Which ones do you oh. like the most? Okay. Top three. I just remember like the like the quality doesn't necessarily have to be because obviously oh, yeah. some are <laughs> like if Event Horizon isn't in your top three, I'm not gonna yeah <laughs> okay so i think my top three oh i think kaguya nice solid i would i would throw out um i really like requiem Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that one worked really well. Um, I know what my number one is, so I'm trying to figure out what my second one is. <laughs> well, and Kaguya, Kaguya probably took the most effort. Mm. Um, well, my... we played with that one for a while, trying to figure out what to even do for it. Yeah, it was. It was so. It was so tough. Like none of the scenes work so well and like for the media club that we do primary characters yeah we put our faces on the primary characters um so having one that's good for kaguya just it like it didn't make sense so i had to not only edit in two completely different pictures but then trying to match the screen the tone and then the screen like it was Probably I put the most amount of time. Yeah. I would say my second one, favorite one is probably Haruko Azumi is Missing. But I also mm. am very fond in street art. Street art. And a little known fact about the Haruko Azumi is Missing one. It took 30 seconds to do your face. Yeah. It took me 35 minutes to do mine. <laughs> Because of that, like just that solid wall of beard helps, eh? <laughs> yeah, the the beard and the contrast of the photos, it was easy to like separate it out. Um I think all I had to do was like manually draw in one of your eyelashes. Yeah. But for the 
my face. It's four different selected parts that were all individually done. Oh, wow. So instead of just like um, contrast and then running some filters on it, I did that, but I had to do it four times in four different sections and make it. Wow. You know, it's, I like that one because it's, it seems like such a simple, Mm -hmm. simple one, right? Like it's simple, it's subdued, you know, it's not as obviously out there as, is it like the Kaguya one or the Little Hours one? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um. Well, it just works. And it's the last one in the old style. Mm-hmm. So the old style is where we were doing like a movie poster. Yeah. And then not only to separate it out from the second wall, but to kind of fill up space for the video versions of these, we started yeah. doing full screen things. We started in Cowboy Bebop, uh, yeah. which though not one of my top three, it's probably my most well done one. Mm. Yes. Like, oh. I didn't draw those. Those are actually edited photos that look like, <laughs> like almost, almost legit. Yeah. Oh, they look really good. Oh, uh, let's see. I think my, I think my second one of what we've got here right now, just looking at them. Actually, I really like the Die Hard one. I, you know what? I was just looking at that one, especially when you zoom in. Yeah. Um, I don't know why my I'm making that face. <laughs> like I I look like you know like stop, stopping a guy who's running through stoke smoke is my fetish or something. Just like a weird look on my face. But like like you take full focus in it and you yeah. don't even notice that like the weird editing on my face in that one because yours is so well done. Hmm. And I think in this one you sent me the photo I think it was last minute but the lighting was so perfect yeah like it was bare like i'm pretty sure all i had to do was adjust the levels and it just worked yeah i didn't have to do um, any of my like painting over it with a paintbrush at 20 percent opacity or nonsense like that yeah well it's because i have like a single smart device in my house mm. like, I, like i have a smart light bulb uh which you know use like turns on in the morning to wake me up mm-hmm. that type of thing and that's the only reason i have it i'm just like i can use this <laughs> <laughs> i will i will make drew's life slightly easier yeah because that past dev was a uh, <laughs> very late getting that to you <laughs> whatever yeah i mean like i mean half Whenever these go up, uh, not like the Friday before the release, but on like the Monday, it is either you got the thing to me late or um, past Drew was a jerk and he was like future Drew's problem. Yeah. So it's pretty 50-50 who's dropping the ball, I'll say that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Honestly, my favorite one, The Little Hours. Just like every time I see it, it makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> like the backstory of this, yeah. <laughs> you you sent me this picture, and you're like, you said I'm the ass, and I'm like, I know, but which character do you want to be? 
You're like, no, you're gonna make me the donkey. <laughs> you just send me this face. <laughs> and like, it was so hard to edit because I was laughing throughout the entire process. <laughs> just everything about it was so good. Yeah, that I think that's pretty much our only one where we're not both the main character. But again, listening to the podcast, <laughs> it was clearly the ass. <laughs> um, but what is it when you're the ass and you're also right? Yeah. <laughs> it just means I can back it up. <laughs> uh, my favorite is still Dread. Yes. Every time I see that beard just under the helmet. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, originally you were going to be, um, what's her face? The other dread. Um, no, oh, no, originally, no, not the other, not the you're other. Gonna dread. Be, no, you're going to be, yeah. No, 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 no. We were going to have me be the helmet. So we could <laughs> so keep, uh, <laughs> keep Urban's chin. Oh, yes. It's so magnificent. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And then that altered because we were going to make you Anderson. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I just, I need to have your beard sticking out of this helmet. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> it was coming in so well at that time. And <laughs> I just like, was Kristen stewarding so hard in that um, photo? <laughs> I mean, the, the skin tone still bugs me on it, but I st still think I did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> And what, what pe people won't know about that one is the top eighth of the photo is pretty much just me image manipulating. It was cut off above that. So like the girders and part of the helmet and all that is just me with the smudge tool. Because you like moved the two characters closer together too, didn't you? Yeah, I moved. You had them further apart. I moved Anderson. That gap between them was probably three or four times as big. Yeah. I moved Anderson. Yeah. So the entire left hand side pillar um, yeah. is. Oh, no, that's that's the sidewall. Um, there's a part on the left hand side where it droops down. That's me editing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now it's the way we do it now is so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> Just a, any image in it. It has the two main characters within relative proximity to each other. Yeah. And I can make something like, I'm not super happy with the nobody, but mm -hmm. um, I had limited choices. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just the scene that was chosen. It, it's dark and doesn't catch your eye. Like, especially when you put it next to Cowboy Bebop, Furukuzumi um, mm. is missing. Even the earwig. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to give an honorable mention to the very first clickbait. That Silent Hill one is really good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Even though the proportions of my face doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> but like, that's another one that I wish was brighter. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it, that set the tone for yeah. all of click point clickbaits going forward. And this was like 
I spent a lot of time, not the most amount of time, but I can't even remember like the story behind this. I was just like, I'm going to make something that's going to catch people's eyes. And then I just did it. Yeah. It was just kind of like off the dome. And then all of a sudden we have that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just great. I wish we could have rehashed it for the second Silent Hill, but there just wasn't any good scenes for that. I didn't, I don't mind the one we could. Yeah. I know the one that I played with was was the idea of um, having Alessa and Heather. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's like I didn't yeah. find a good scene for it. No, it's because it's just them hugging him out, hugging it out. So you, know, <laughs> you only see you only see the back of their heads. You don't, <laughs> don't well, see I mean, both their faces at the same time. <laughs> people might not know, but in the nobody one, I did edit my face into that. <laughs> my face is on that yeah and just of course yeah, yeah just the side. Yeah. And if, uh, of course if anyone wants to um point out uh which ones are their favorite they can always go to our instagram and give them uh, a digital trophy heart point and leave a comment there to let us know you like that one the most Or just put it on my Shantae posts. <laughs> so many likes. Well, I guess that brings us out of the podcast talk. Have a little All talk right. about media beyond this. Now, originally, uh, Beardy and the Beast was going to be more of a... Uh, we do a little bit of everything. We had books on our lists. Um, we kind of wanted to touch base on some video games, but... Right now, that's kind of relegated to the filler arc, which may or may not be something you have seen yet. Yeah. Uh, depending on, at the time of release, how big a jerk Pastoru is. Yep. <laughs> um, so we, we of course, have been posting things on our Instagrams and our social medias that are unrelated to the podcast. Um, me, I've been doing a lot of my... Uh, vinyl records yeah it's something that i've kind of got into collecting i've slowed down because it is an expensive hobby and i was getting carried away so now i'm kind of limited so i was wondering in the music sphere over the yeah. last year have you discovered anything or is there just like even just a track that you keep going back to that you can't get rid of it doesn't have to be current just something that appeals to you recently so so i went for a long while for some reason just not listening to music i don't know why i just went complete podcasts and um, and um but i ended up finding my love of like some of that harp rock hard rocks and that metal sound again uh so the artists that i've been listening to a lot of um i've already mentioned hailstorm mm -hmm. uh the pretty reckless uh the nearly deads uh, mm -hmm. They had a song out recently, um, Freak Show. That one I can play like nonstop. Um, I would say Amaranth's Digital World is one that I listen to a lot. I know I did post that in Discord a while ago. Uh, it's one of those songs that feels prof prof prophetic. That's the word. <laughs> uh, like to the point that I had to go and see when the song was released to see if it was 
about current events or predictions of what would happen. <laughs> oh. Right. Like just, just in the chorus. And it's funny because I like listen to the songs, you know, like the beat of it and, and the sound of it. And just one day it's like the chorus hit me. I'm like, oh, oh, that's what's being said there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so just even higher uh, accolades for that. Um, I think one song that actually relates to the podcast that I go back to um, a lot since you showed me is uh, that Millennium Parade You from Bell. Mm, so good. It is so good. It's one of those things like I recognize, but I didn't find it like particularly touching or it's not something I go back to, but there's just some tracks that you, you know, you recognize and you go, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that one Aerosmith song that like everyone makes fun of, but it's like one of the greatest songs of all time. <laughs> Don't want to close my eyes. Don't want to miss a thing. Why am I singing that like Nickelback? Um, <laughs> Don't want to miss Because that's another that song that we all Because <laughs> that's another song that everyone makes fun of. <laughs> Nickelback is huge in Germany for some reason. Just putting that out there. Um, yeah, but so is David Hasselhoff. So That's true. so i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty directed by music like i don't like i was described by a friend as having um blunted affect disorder just essentially like not emoting Mm. like you have to be someone who deeply knows me to even know that i'm like emoting because i just don't show it on my face right unless you got me in a laugh fit which it is very easy to tell. Um, <laughs> but the way that I really experience it and express it is like in the music that I'm listening to. Yeah. And like everyone, I've of course been having trouble um, over the last couple of years, but it's been, it's been weird that I haven't really fallen in love with anything. Mm. There's very few tracks that I keep coming back to. And it's probably because of production and releases things. Like in the K-pop machine, there's been even a slowdown in releases. Yeah. And they're just starting to ramp back up. Mm. But I haven't had too much of stuff that I just like absolutely love. There's one one track that I keep coming back to, and I've posted it a couple times, and that would be um Teflon, Saga, and and St. John. Teflon, Saga, Saga and um, St. John's Beretta Lake. It's just so good. Like, And I think even people who are not super keen on hip-hop can get the feels, like, especially because it's the sing-rap style that's in the middle yeah. of the song, so it's, it's not like a harsh um, rap break on the bridge that feels out of place. Yeah. It's the only song that I really keep coming back to. I did have a bout with, I always kind of periodically on a yearly basis get into a bout where I just listen to Gunship for a month. <laughs> like the same three tracks. So I just like repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, you know what? As of late, I've been kind of getting back into Flatliners, which was probably my favorite band after I realized Finger Eleven was just big sellouts. 
Yeah. Um, special props, though. You remember, it was like a solid two months last year, I think it was, when Bandmade was just releasing a new music video every week. Oh, so good. Oh, it was so good. And like, I just kept like, we would link them to each other. It's like, new one. Oh my God, what the heck? <laughs> I think that was almost exactly a year ago as the time of the recording. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it was like just before we actually... Yeah, yeah, it was about that time. I guess we got you, and me, got back in contact and started sharing that stuff. And, oh, so good! That I love that afterlife song. <laughs> that's that's actually one that I'll go back to. Mm. Uh, go back to a lot. Just the feels are so good. Yeah, which I guess I have a little segue here. I don't know how smooth right. it is. <laughs> <laughs> um. That being said, like a band that I've been following from conception, apparently is a K-pop group and their name is Kepler. Okay. And they're just pop. Nothing. They're not like card where they're um, like very hip hop and dark. They're not like uh Dreamcatcher, where more you're feeling like that, uh, like a pop rock, something a little bit more heavy. Yeah. Um, they're definitely pop, dance pop, cute pop sort of thing. Mm. Um, apparently, they're one of the biggest selling girl group first albums within first 24 hours of all time. Like some record they got yeah. recently, which is super impressive. They uh, they were spawned out of a... I'll try to explain this as quickly as possible. K-pop girl group making the band, but it's the kind of the second version of this program the original was um a version called produce and it was the proto series that was making girl groups and boy groups and they were just huge um but they got a lot of bad press for fixing the results okay uh which is bad when a lot of the finances from the fans actually voting and um trying to get their favorite people Mm -hmm. to be in the group um so they, I think, I think they rebranded to, uh, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Girls Planet Nine Nine Nine. Um, and it's it just goes back to like this like weird fascination I have with foreign reality competition TV shows. Yeah, like it's unhealthy. It's like, there's been many a night if you just give me clips of these shows <laughs> i'm just like what's look at this one this one is really talented but what is this one doing um and i actually adore it and out of the the people who made it i think there was only like two people that i didn't expect to and you know two people that i thought should have made it yeah um so this kind of goes into the shows that I've been watching recently. The one that's been most recent has been started out with uh oh I need the exact name because it, it of course like translates weird. Um mm. it's a street dance girls fighter, which mm. is about a bunch of like uh late teens, early twenties girls who are in like this uh group street dance competition where they're being evaluated and 
competing in groups against each other and it's like an elimination thing yeah um and then of course as soon as i finished watching that i started watching the original series of that which is street women fighter which is like professional dancers who have come together and they're doing that same competition okay and i just just a fascination (laughs) with these reality (laughs) competition shows Um, just to, to segue back for a second, just tying to the kind of music aspect that, that the reality show came from there. The biggest shock that I had for me in the last year of music, <laughs> like, um, cause was, we were talking about Hailstorm, you and me were, and I'm like, oh, I had no idea that they were tied to, to Corey Taylor mm. uh, of Slipknot. And <laughs> no, some, and don't someone, mention it. <laughs> some, some past Drew decided to let me know. <laughs> that Corey Taylor did a rap album. <laughs> CMFT is an atrocity. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, I love so much of Corey Taylor. Like I love Stone Sour. <laughs> Slipknot was good. Uh, his, his song with Apocalyptica was so mm. awesome. Oh, they're but, coming to town this year. Nice. Um. No, <laughs> I'm gonna ban you from the Discord for even mentioning that track. <laughs> I, I yeah, I can't. When I saw it, I almost broke my brain. <laughs> it was so bad. It's a uh, so. <laughs> To go back to my segue, has there been any shows or movies that you've seen outside of the podcast that you would recommend or that you enjoyed over the last year? Um. All right. So there's been there's been a few. Um, uh, I don't watch near as much as I used to, as much as I thought I did. Like I, mm. I add a bunch of stuff to, like I add a bunch of stuff to Netflix. Like I could watch this. Or not. Um, uh, so a couple of the things that I've seen, um, uh, watching American Gods, I've quite mm. enjoyed. Uh, yeah, so I love the first season of that. Never watched the second. But... Uh, second, it didn't like so much, but it picks back up in the third. Okay. Uh, I remember reading just a bit about, about the drama. Like, yeah, there's some weird pacing in the in the second one. Um, anime wise, uh, Magical Girl Sight. I watched that. Um, yeah, it was good though. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I I I will forgive anyone who is into Japanese animation because I love my like weird Korean reality shows. So, <laughs> I mean, um, like, there's a whole whole group of people who absolutely love Terrace House. Hmm. Which is like legitimately just like people living in a house together and so that's actually one that I've been thinking of watching because mm. I've always had is like I'd like to learn Japanese like I listen to a lot of j rock mm-hmm. and j pop um you know I do like my I do like my weeby stuff. Uh, and it'd be nice to be able to... Just dancing along to AKB intros to anime songs. 
Well, big part of it is like I, um, Ayuma Hamasaki is I, I oh, love top tier, like top tier. And I watch some of these videos and I'm like, this video is so dark. I want to know what these lyrics like. I want to actually take in the lyrics that are uh, being sung with some of these videos, like to actually understand them, not just to yeah. Have... Well, there's there's a lot like that. Like I should introduce you to some like Joel and Chai or. Um, some Eile or Boa. But it's like to have that perspective and like actually know what they're saying firsthand rather than being filtered through somebody else, especially when words can have different connotations. Yeah. And you never know if the person that's doing, say, the translation is, say, Japanese as a second language or Japanese as a first language, which I think makes a difference when it comes to the, uh, cultural significance of like a particular saying for instance well i mean we, we've had that even come up in the in the podcast a couple of times uh when we were talking about um both princess mononoke and as we were talking about um uh, squid game mm. right so princess mononoke for example like the translation is actually it's very spot on. It is known for how good it is because Miyazaki wouldn't have let it happen otherwise. Mm -hmm. But there's something lost in the, in the change of it, in the tone that, that happens through that translation. And a similar thing with squid game is like reading the subtitles. I remember there was a spot where you actively said, it's like, okay, when they're saying this, when I think, 212 was calling them all all babe hmm. you're going and explaining how that was kind of like tied to a senpai type yeah, yeah senpai yeah. noticed me type thing and the translation didn't cover it the only reason i picked up on that is because i've seen enough weeb stuff <laughs> <laughs> to, senpai to, has to, noticed you <laughs> yeah <laughs> just to get that 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 i made that connection but if we'd watched that um, dubbed, I guarantee that would have been lost. Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, another example that I think is um, is like um, in video games, uh, Near Automata is the, the example that comes to mind. Playing it with the English language and the Japanese language completely change how the character is. Even mm. though the dialogue's the same, that intonation that's there between the dialogue makes a difference. So makes, makes me wonder if I'd like Final Fantasy VIII more if I switched it to Japanese. Oh, I'm a terrible person. Final Fantasy, it's my favorite. <laughs> it's the worst of the bunch. You're a bad person. I'm canceling yeah, you on Twitter, first. but I'm not because your Twitter is also my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, so I I just just as like it was on super sale and we were kind of having a discussion on the discord i just picked you up transistor yeah which is iso kind of emotional kind of music related sort of um there's a sing button <laughs> <laughs> well i mean to be fair there's technically one in gree too that's true there was oh box friend oh box friend 
Um, you may or may not get this reference depending <laughs> on what Pastor has done. <laughs> How much of a jerk Pastor is, you may or may not be in on this inside joke. Um, so one of the games that I picked up is kind of similar, and it's it's a whole lot darker, and I think you'd really like this soundtrack. It's a game called Other Side. Mm. So it's isometric. It's it's roguelike, but like you kind of continue after you fail. Yeah. And it's just it's so dark and foreboding and like themes are dark and like, you know, it's good when the intro music tra- track is like hard rock with a female singer. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm going to love this. I guess the, the kind of premise of it to go in quickly is like um, your group of girls that are spawned from like a parent mother, a parent be like clones that are generated through magic or some such mm-hmm. and you're fighting like plague doctors and this unknown entity right who have stolen okay. a young boy um anyways you progress through the week and things get more challenging and of course the first time you go through you're not nearly powerful enough mm-hmm. and then you of die course. and then you start the week over but there are ways to like resurrect the past ones and it's kind of roguelike like that okay they do come back a bit differently hmm. um so it is kind of interesting that way was there any games over the last year that you just like couldn't put down? And I'm not talking the way like Drew has an unhealthy addiction to Destiny. I'm talking like <laughs> emotionally or thematically or story wise that just like really brought you in. So, um, as some of our listeners know, I, I have another project that I d- we don't really connect them though um but i have i do some streaming mm-hmm. so i can say there's definitely like feet stuff <laughs> yes obviously <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um but, uh, bah, but, uh, bah. beauty and the beast only fans <laughs> anyways um, um <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> Show Bob's and Vagine. <laughs> um. So a lot of the games that I've played, like I, I play them on the stream as well, and it's a very different audience, very different feel than than uh, Beauty and the Beast. So, and I mean Metroid Dread coming out um has definitely been a big one absolutely loved that and i say this from someone who wasn't a metroid fanboy uh, mm. like i didn't play super metroid till like three or four years ago okay like i hadn't played any of them and gone from that to playing all of them and just super excited to have metroid 5 finally uh uh, let's see, I've played, uh, I have been enjoying Transistor, uh, started playing Ender Lilies, which is another Metroidvania style one. It's like you're, I'm only a few hours into it at this point, but like the concept is like you're this, it's like this priestess, so like young girl priestess and the weapons and abilities are all spirits that she's helped cleanse that fight alongside her. That's cool. 
yeah, it's yeah, it's an interesting concept, and just being able to swap around those abilities. Yeah, it almost feels like there's similarities to Child of Light in the art style, but it's definitely dark. Um, definitely darker than Child of Light. I've been enjoying that. Again, I'm only a few hours into that one. So like on a tonal scale between Child of Light and Hollow Knight. Um, it's probably closer to that Hollow Knight, Hollow Knight Dark Souls-ish. Mm. Um, Salt and Sanctuary almost got a little bit of look like that to it as well. Uh, and it's interesting, it's like a lot of Metroidvanias that have come out you know, they all have to have the Dark Souls type mechanics. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've lost your souls and you've got to go back and get them. This one doesn't have that. It just has the, it's that hard reset point of like the early Metroids. Now you died. You're back to your save point. Go back again. You didn't lose anything except for like a bit time. of progress between. Yeah, except for time. I like, no, I like that, um, which is kind of refreshing to not have to worry about, you know, you play Hollow Knight, you die. And even you're like, crap, okay, so this isn't the path I want to go, but you've got to go all the way back if you want to get your Geo and your mm. and your souls. And then um, just kind of rushing ahead. like that. Nope, that's not the right choice. So that one's good. Uh, I enjoyed 12 minutes. Oh, that one looks so good. Yeah, it was. It was very different. Like it's. I like the story, like in the like the cast in it like it's it's really well done but it's so outside of what i play it's a lot closer to kind of the the point and click adventures Mm. or it's like i have no idea how to get through this because i've never played (laughs) this type (laughs) this type of game so trying to get the story progressing and figuring out how all of these weird things interact like it was a short game, but it was it was definitely worth it. Um, and um, it hit. Like the, the the story hit, so definitely worth it. Um, I think I think one of my t- the two that impress me the most. Like we we play games in the the after party. Um, I really enjoyed. Remnant mm. and Outriders is turning out to be quite good. Yep. I, I wouldn't put them like top tier for the last year, um, but I super, super enjoyed Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. Story was great. Gameplay was fa- fantastic. Um, CD Projekt Red should have never released it on outdated consoles. Because that's where the majority of the bugs and the complaints come from is old yeah. gen console hardware, which they just should have never done. Yeah. Um, honestly, one of the best games. It takes two. It's that's been one I've been wanting to play. It's pure content. Uh, it's puzzly. Uh, the puzzles are different. Each world has different mechanics. Uh, mm. It. It's always split screen, even if you're remote, because you need to like help each other and see each other's screen. Like you actually have to. Yeah. 
everything's about timing and teamwork. I hate the book in it. <laughs> like as a character, I just want to punch him in his stupid book junk. <laughs> but I want to go back to grade school and bully him. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as like completeness and uniqueness in the gameplay, it probably has to be one of the probably the best game, one of the best games I've played over the last five years. Wow. I wouldn't say it's my favorite game over the last five years, but it's probably the mm. um, It's just a thing where like each mechanic doesn't get overused and you get to the point where it's like you get excited for the next one. Mm. Yeah. Um, I did I did play some of the other bigger games like Greedfall, New World. New World's too much of a grind with not much of an end game payoff. Mm. Like it needs an expansion, is my opinion. Yeah. And Greenfall, Greedfall just didn't grip me. Mm. That's one I actually really, really enjoy just thinking about like the difference in mechanics and such. Um, Ori and oh. Will of the Wisp, the, yeah. the, the sequel. Uh, I enjoyed that. They added some interesting things. It was a little bit weird the focus shift on combat mm. uh, because the first one, I mean, it had combat, but it was kind of like an auto fire cannon around you. Yeah. Already. It was all about the movement and, uh, so it was a little bit to change my mindset around the, Oh, now I've actually got to treat this a little bit, a little bit more like hollow Knights. You know, I've got a sword. Mm -hmm. That uh, makes sense. Yeah. But, I just love the movement in in those games uh, and the environments. Like uh, I've become very big on the Metroidvania games since I've started playing. Uh, since I played Super Metroid, and that's definitely where a lot of my my mind goes. And just seeing how, with such a core concept, and just seeing how varied the games are with the environments, with the music, with the way movement works. Mm. It, I just love it. Well, I mean, like I get it. Mm. Like there's certain, like I like dark ARPGs and isometric mm. strategies. Yeah. I just, I need to learn how to tear my way, <laughs> myself away from my unhealthy destiny addiction to <laughs> actually play those other games. Yeah. Which I guess kind of brings us to the future. Is there anything like um, media-wise or podcast-wise, like something that we're doing in the future, anything that you're looking forward to over the next year that we know of? That we know of. Uh, well, I'm always looking forward to whatever projects we do with Ashley. <laughs> they are so different and so off the rails and... <laughs> just a blast but when, um, when the only podcast that doesn't that has a title that doesn't have anything to do with the the movie itself yeah you know it's gonna be fun yeah um let's see what i'll be i'll be looking forward to get jamie on because like he's definitely closer to our normal go yes and like we riffed off him really well i think yeah so i think we could have we might even want to get into like a 
something a little less corny than Invaders from Mars. Yeah. Maybe something I mean, not a themed one next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think like I'm really interested in seeing how the um <clears throat> the Ghibli slash um Chizu film series goes. Because mm-hmm. again, Bell was just so amazing. Uh the discussions that happen around all the Ghibli films have been been fantastic. I think so, some of our best work, if I do say so. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how that continues going. Um, so aside from your unhealthy addiction to the mother wolf, uh, <laughs> I would agree. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely... I'm interested in one of the movies that were coming up. Uh, is a Korean action film that I've watched, which I remember enjoying that you haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Odyssey, probably pronounce that terribly. That'll be good. And I, I think you know what I am both excited and worried for the next Chizu flick because they don't have that same Ghibli grounding, and do they have an identity and I'm wor- what I'm worried about is Bell is by far their best. Mm. Because that'll mean I will not be excited when we watch any of the other stuff. That's fair. Um, um, but I, as always, you go into it with an open heart and no expectations. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I can't remember their titles offhand now. Uh, but I feel like when we were kind of looking into it, they were a lot of films that I've seen, like some, at least some of them were still films that are on that must watch or that higher tier Mm -hmm. tier ones. So, I mean, again, just the, the pedigree coming from the studio, again, knowing that they were, they were tied to um, anime that, you know, we reference fairly often is, it gives me hope for it. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes from that. When it comes to other things that we know we're doing. Uh, <laughs> um, I just saw you click say, on that in the dock. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few of the movies that, that are on the list that I'm hoping we get to a little bit sooner. Um, I think going through films like, devil's advocate mm. um would be a good one i think one that i'm looking forward to is sin city purely because it's something i remember really enjoying when it came out but how is it going to stand the test of time and when we watch it with more analytical viewpoints how is it just going to stand up as a film yeah. am i going to have a whole lot of haters at the end of this mm. i think and am yeah. I going to edit my face onto Elijah's? <laughs> uh, I think another couple ones that are, that are interesting. I'm, I think Alita will be a fun one. When mm. we get to that. Uh, American beauty is one that I think is, It'll be interesting to revisit that film. I haven't really watched that since it came out. 
and remember not liking it much when it came out. But I have a feeling my opinions on that are going to be very different when we rewatch it. I could see that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to 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 look into that. Um, There's, I mean, like among some of the ones that I'm not excited for, um, <laughs> I would say probably something like um, The Host, which is another Korean film which I've referenced many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like I'm like nonplussed. I I'm neither neither here nor there when it comes to watching some of the classics like Casanova and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, not that I don't want to watch them, but I just like have no interest mm. because that just, it doesn't grip me. Classics, yeah. nostalgia, like I just don't care. Yeah. Uh, there's some nostalgia ones in there that I would look forward to though. Um, Seriously, Hook. Ghost in the Shell is so much talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's just talking. That's all they do. Oh my god! This is two hours of talking. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Spring- sprinkled with a few bits of the major being badass. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think. It's it's hard to talk about this because like background, we've got a list of like forty films right now that's constantly changing. We're constantly adding stuff, taking stuff away. So we're saying these films. We we know there's stuff that we want to look at. When we look at becomes something. Well, because there's always a the thing like new stuff comes out or um we get a suggestion or yeah. stuff does time out. Yeah. So we yes, we do talk about. We have a fixed list of uh, forty items. Yeah. And I could, like one of them is a running entry, and that's uh, Ghibli and Chizu. Yes. And it just ta- always takes up a slot because that's always the one that we're. Gonna... Yeah. I'd like. I'd love to push Paprika up or Perfect Blue. Mm, yes. We should almost like. Do one of those very soon. Hmm. Yeah. But before we give away the the whole um, kitten caboodle of the inner workings <laughs> of the podcast here, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I have one question for you first. Ah. What is your favorite meme that you? What is your favorite inside joke that we have said? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's tough because they all, they all, they kind of bleed in Hmm. with, uh, some of our existing, um, inside jokes. Yeah. Uh, I do, we've kind of retired super smart. Hmm. Uh, I really do like, you're not a 17 year old girl. (laughs) Why be sad when you can be box? Yep. And I guess me making dread jokes all the time. <laughs> oh, you know what? Actually, you know what? Um, Ashley, Ashley had uh, the father, the son, and the holy waifu. 
in that conversation and that like that almost broke me it was so bad. Uh, I think I think um, the, the not a 17 year old girl one doesn't happen often but just the fact that we brought it up across multiple pieces of media it's like I have to remember what you said in that one podcast or Devin yeah. true you're not you gotta remember you're not a 17 year old girl <laughs> yeah that's probably um, that's that's top yeah um of course, the most important one is hashtag release the Angela cut. Release it. Release it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's so sad. Carol and Tuesday. Like they, they should have came out with a second season for that. I know, right? <laughs> oh, it would have been amazing. Oh, especially if they focused on that Angela character. <laughs> Angela cut. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely. I I like anything related to box. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're not a seventeen year old girl. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that was the big one that I wanted to know. Good question. Yeah. All right. Well, with with that, this has been Beardy and the Beast Year in Review. Uh, join us next time where we discuss a film. We may like it and we may not. I'm unsure which film it is, but you'll definitely see it on the clickbait. <laughs> if you like what we do, give us a, a like, a subscribe, share us with your friends, or honestly, I want to hear from you. So join the, the conversation in the comments or at our Discord, um, yeah. where I pretty much am lurking in it constantly so you'll probably respond more than what's healthy um, later have a good one